everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for April 2019. And it's a fun time. It's a good time. It's a time to be happy and joyous and not full of fear. And maybe I am a little bit full of fear because um, you don't have to pronounce the names I have to pronounce that I've practiced. I have certain fears, and one of them is mispronouncing people's names. So, from, he's a gentleman. He, he's kind of known through um, kind of Dan Hughes and Mike Delisio and Sporadically Bored, and we had a conversation. And um, first of all, um, you know, he's from he's from Mita Pelatan, and his name is Yanni. And it's Yanni Kontkanen. And hello, Yanni. <laughs> Hi. That was actually quite good. Was it? Yeah. I've been it practicing. Be, I've been practicing yeah. all week. <laughs> <laughs> Only for a week. Come on. That sounded like you, you're you native. Thank you very much. Though I have no idea how to say thank you in Finnish. I mean, this could be like an entirely kind of uh, trans-global kind of almost board game kind of exchange kind of thing. Um we we've kinda to get I guess to give a kind of a bit of background, we actually kind of came to talking through through sporadically bored because there is this fabulous Facebook group that um you know Dan Hughes and Mike Delizio have formed um and brought everybody together and people join and we have conversations and so um I think just one day we kind of got chatting and then one thing led to another and this has taken us to this very, very um, kind of lovely kind of episode that everybody's going to be listening to today and hopefully, hopefully very, very kind of, they're going to get an awful lot of fun out of it. Um, I guess for people who are listening to for the first time and going, um, I don't know why I was recommended to come to this podcast. It's an actual disaster. And you would be right. Um, the reason that we do this is because um, I want to speak to everybody who's ever involved in board games, ever. And the other reason that we do this is because um, sometimes I just like to speak to people who are involved in the hobby in their own certain way and find out about the games that they play and the lives that they lead, and what they do with meeples when you've got like three hours of solid, solid daylight during the summer. So that's why, <laughs> that's why Jani's here today to talk to us. But first of all, how are you, sir? Are you well? I'm actually well. I'm really <laughs> tired because it's been very busy at work before Easter now. It's just mm-hmm. before Easter, and I'm so tired at the moment, but it's good. <laughs> it's a normal state at the moment, it seems. What is what is it you do? Uh, I'm you at the do? university. I'm a teacher education. I'm a university student, so I'm oh, te- right. teaching teachers. Wow! And I'm also doing my PhD, but it's been on hold for like three years now because I've had too much teaching. I haven't right. had time to finish the articles. I have two articles out. I need three or four. So you're writing. So you're kind of teaching teachers how to teach, and also writing papers on how to teach as well. But yeah. not actually being able to do your PhD because yeah. you've been teaching teachers so much. Yes, basically. Teaching <laughs> teachers. To te- yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. It's a big log. It's a big log stringer. You know, you, yeah. could ex- you could extend this joke so far until it one day might be funny. Um, so there you go. But, um, I mean, one of the things we like to do for anybody who, <laughs> you know, accidentally says yes to coming on the show. And there's so many of you. 
Um, is we like to find out a little bit more about your kind of your history with the hobby. Um, what you can't see at the moment is behind um, Bianni is there is a, a like a treasure trove of cardboard behind him on various shelves. I can't. I've just it's so well organised and it's so it's so Moorish. It actually puts Mister Mike Delisio to shame if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, and there's My a lot job of is done then. That's <laughs> it. We can finish the podcast right now. We don't have to do anything. We don't have <laughs> yeah. to do anything anymore. But um, we we need to handle Mister Hughes as well. Oh, Hugs we was it? Was what was it? Dan Hugs. <laughs> Dan Hugs. <laughs> the the internet tight. Tan, <laughs> tight, and what? Yeah, it's like different. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of got the pronunciation there. Kind of, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's not my native language, so I might make mistakes. <laughs> I accidentally call him a tit. <laughs> but it's a bird. It's they are singing outside today. They are definitely singing outside today. Um, how did you get into the hobby? I mean. Um, what's kind of like, what's the kind of like the board gaming scene kind of like in Finland? I mean, is it similar to the kind of the UK? Did you grow up on kind of Monopoly and things like that? Or was there kind of different things that would get around the kind of the family table? Actually, I think that Finnish people in general, we play a lot of games when we are children and Mm -hmm. with the families. We have this kind of game culture there is this game african tahti and i'm certain that almost all the Finns have played it at some point in their life because mm-hmm. it's this famous finnish design from 54 i think 1954 wow. and it's it's basically roland movement you're trying to find the uh, what is it in english star of africa or something like a huge diamond from oh, the right, african okay. continent and yeah. then you get other gems and such very basic and not very good game but Better than people consider it to be. Actually, it's better than Monopoly. That's for sure. That's that's <coughs> a strong that's a strong word there. That's a strong bold claim. You're bringing Monopoly to it. You know, Monopoly is a strong game. You know, it can be a strong game. It's also quite a rubbish game, but it can be a strong a strong game. Um. So was there that, or was there? I mean, was there other games? I mean, did you? I mean, did you actually get Monopoly? Yeah, yeah. I I still have some version. I have this uh, Tropical Island version still, but I haven't played it because it has the CD or DVD. I don't know. I don't have anywhere where to play it with. (laughs) But something, I got it used, so I have to have it. I'm waiting for the kid to be uh, old enough so I can play with her. Is it like a soundtrack or a video or something like that? I have no idea. I can, can go and look. It, it's in, it's a Finnish. I, I, it has d- DVD, it says. Yeah. It's a DVD. Yeah, there's a DVD. I don't so know what it like, does. <laughs> so it could be anything at all. It could be just a copy of Dirty Dancing. You know? <laughs> M- maybe I should check it before I play it with the kid. Actually. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should check it. It can be maybe any. Should, that it could be anything. It could be but, like a trick. But I bought it from a friend of mine. He wouldn't do such a thing, I think. Are you sure? No. Are you absolutely sure here? I mean, you know, as long as you... I mean, the best way to, I guess, to to call them out on this is to say, I'm going to be playing this Monopoly game at the weekend and just see if they say they want to come round... And play it with you so they can maybe catch your reaction when you put the DVD in the machine. You know, maybe that, maybe that's what it is. I, I would, I would kind of, kind of call him on that. Yeah, um, it's actually quite interesting. He sold it right before they got their kit. All right, okay. So there might be some kind of point in what you're saying. <laughs> I would just double check. Trust, trust nobody. Don't trust me for goodness sake. Um, what as you I mean as you grew up I mean one of the things you mentioned um before we started is that generally there's like periods of kind of daylight and non daylight where the kind of like the days can last for a long period of time to the yeah. point where you can't tell where kind of 
the days end and begin. And um, obviously, if you've got a clock, you can. But if you know, if you're relying on just the sunlight, and other times it's kind of like dark. Does that mean that? Um, did that encourage you to kind of play more games indoors as you were growing up, or was it just something that you kind of got used to? You just lived with. Um, so we, did you continue to play kind of board games as you were growing up, as you got older? Yeah, actually I played all the time. Since I was a very small child, we had this some old game in our cottage. It's called Parrigate in Finnish. I have no idea what's it in English. I okay. can take it from Board Game Geek, but it's this uh, game. It had very nice, this white, um, like cylinder pieces. And right. there was not that kind of wooden pieces in other games that I had seen at that point. So I was just playing with it. I mean, uh-huh. playing around with it and also playing with it. And then some solitaire and chess, of course, and this kind of children's games. Chess yeah. is not the children's game, but anyway. Chess, chess is, <laughs> chess is one of these games that parents who don't understand chess kind of roll out and say, you have a go at game of that. And then they end up spending three hours often to remind the kids what the horsey does and what yeah. the castle what the castle does and what the guy with a huge frown in his head kind of does as well. Um, so it's a kind of like a pretty complicated type game to kinda of roll out to to um to kids itself. Um <clears throat> did you did you continue kinda of playing then? Yeah. As yeah, you were I, growing up, was it something that you never kinda of got rid of then? Uh I played until I got Super Nintendo. When I got the Super Nintendo, then I played that, and yeah. uh, from there I played that for a for a very long time. Then I uh, began playing Magic. All right. When okay. it was the f- it was right at the moment of when Ice Age was published, so very long time ago. <laughs> back I, to, I, back in the Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in Ice Age. It was before the fifth edition, and I quit right. when the fifth edition came. So it's very All long right. time ago. I was playing in tournaments and such, but then it got a bit boring, and I went to army, so I had to, in a way, quit. And I moved to Warhammer. I had too many miniatures, and then I noticed that it would take the rest of my life to paint them. So I just decided to sell them away and uh, get an American car. And then I had the 63 Chevrolet Impala, and then no way. I, I sold that away to my brother because I couldn't pay for the place where I was holding it in this garage because you have to pay the rent and while I was in the army I couldn't pay the rent for that so I sold it to my brother I was trying to finish it but I couldn't really finish it, it was taking also (laughs) not the rest of my life but probably it would have taken if I tried to make it fancy and then I went to university and I didn't really play any board games or such for that time then I found in 2000 Nine, I think I found Board Game Geek, and then it's been downhill, no, uphill. I mean, from from, from there. Sideways. And which is which is better actually? Downhill is easier to go. Uphill is more difficult. So Uphill's it's been downhill from there. Potentially more rewarding. Yeah. If it's kind of went downhill from there, it went uphill from there. Kind of denotes some kind of struggle. Um, you um, you mentioned my trigger word, which is Super Nintendo which is one of my favourite consoles of all time. And I was it's, like, oh, stop talking, so we could talk about the Super Nintendo. Yeah, but, it's the best console ever. I still have mine, actually. I'm saving it until my daughter no. is five or six, and then we are... I have Super Mario, the PAL version. It's still working. I checked a few years ago. So I'm waiting <laughs> for her to be old enough, and then we will somehow try to attach it to the TV, <laughs> and then I look know. how bad it looks. In the big <laughs> screen. That's the thing. It's like it's all very well having these kind of like these old retro consoles, but you really need to have like an old retro television nowadays yeah. because if you put a, a a new TV, a lot of them don't even have like a a SCART lead anymore, which the Super Nintendo kind of usually takes. What were your um? What were your favorite games playing the Super Nintendo? What were the ones you loved? I've still played Super Mario World because it's, in my opinion, it's one of the best Marios. Maybe the best. Maybe. Super Mario Galaxy is good. The first Galaxy is good. But Super Mario But World I think is. Super Mario World is the best because it was revolutionary. There was Yoshi and you yeah. finish it and then you had to collect everything and then the color changed and in that one world, chocolate world or wherever it was. I just finished it a few years ago. 
right before Adore, I was born, I was playing. You had to get, um, was it 96 stars or something like that? Every time you completed a level, you got like a star. And yeah. once you got on 96, then you, you're right, it changed the entire color palette to like a, is it a pastel? I think it reversed. Kind of, the brown went to green in the yeah. tropic world, if I remember correct. Yeah. Uh, and it was so painful because some stars were so difficult. There were more than one star in some worlds. And yeah, there was have... an entire um, there was an entire kind of like challenge run, which was yeah. like just two lines, which had about ten different levels on them, and some of them were just absolutely ridiculous. But what <laughs> I remember, what I remember was that in Mario World, you could finish sometimes finish a level two ways. Yeah, or if it had ways. like a red, yeah, if it had like a red dot, you had the ability to go back and maybe you could finish a level early, or you could finish a level a different way. Yeah. And sometimes, if you if you if you you could be racking your brains, I remember the number of times I was on like ninety five stars, and I ended up pretty much playing through the entire game again yeah. to try and get myself kind of doing it the kind of the right the kind of the right way. What about um? Did you play like Zelda? Yes, of course. This, uh, of course you did. What is it? Awakening. I think it's Awakening. Or a Link, Link to the Past. Link to, Link the, to past. the Past. Yeah. Yeah. I think see, so, yeah. See that? Mario World. So the reason Super Mario World is the best Mario game is um, that's the reason that they made Mario Maker, <laughs> basically. <laughs> So Mario, Mario Maker back. was the one with the Mario's face that you just had to pull the nose in the beginning, right? Yeah, that was, was it the sixty. No, it was that Mario was Paint Mario's, actually. Mario Paint, Mario Maker's the I think the one that's on the Wii U where you could make the levels. Yeah, and so my son now spends his days making Mario levels for me to try and beat, but he does them in the Super <laughs> Mario World kind of level, so it's still really, really cool and really, really exciting and an awful lot of fun. But anyway. Jumping forward, um, is magic? Would you consider going back into magic again? Now that the way that they seem to be changing, because to me, when I first saw magic, it seemed to be like a seasonal thing. Like once a year, there would be a big announcement. There'd be a big change in the meta, and now they seem to be bringing out something new, kind of every kind of six months, mm-hmm. if not sooner than that. I think there is too much. It's too convoluted. I mean, I don't know. I liked Magic when it was smaller. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like there are 50 billion cards and 20,000 different versions of those cards. I liked it then. But then again, when I was still playing, I had this mind twists and such. Not Mm -hmm. not mind twists, sorry. Um, uh, What's the card? I didn't have the power nine. But I had some kind of... Expensive cards, and now if I'm thinking, I should have saved them because now I could pay this house with those cards or, <laughs> or something like that. But, but I didn't have the power nine. I had this mana drain was the card, yeah, and I had dual lands. I had almost all color dual lands, four of each, because I was mm-hmm. kind of playing all colors. But now it would be impossible to do it. It's just ridiculous how many different cards there are in a in a set. I just got this pile from. A friend yeah. of mine, because I'm using them for a prototype as All right, okay. card basis. And I'm just uh-huh. checking this, and I have no idea what these keywords say. There is like dead touch. Yes. And then there's some very crazy other. This is good audio, by the way. <coughs> Reads or such. It's a myth, that's fine. I mean, these people are just going to have to wait. I'm interested in finding out in these cards, you know. And, you know, for every good part of the podcast, there's going to be bits of the podcast where you're showing me magic cards and explaining them. <laughs> yeah, look, look, look at this art. It's so cool, isn't it? That's really nice. Or- Orchard Spirit. That's a really, really nice card. Oh. I like that. And so you that... know these cards? No. I don't play magic. <laughs> oh, Magic's... Okay. No. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with magic. The clue's in the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'd be called "We Love Wizards," and we are loving all of the magic. Give me your magic, the Gathering. The only issue with that is you'd end up with a really, really long name for the podcast, <laughs> and I don't think you could get like a Twitter handle for it. I'm just kidding. That's kind of my 
my thoughts. Um, what kind of games do you like playing? Mm, that's a really interesting question. I like playing everything that is good. It's a stupid answer, mm. but um, I like a game that yeah. makes me have to think, but also it shouldn't make me think like wrong kinds of things. How can I explain? It has to be heavy enough, but it also should be light enough. Like, like Settlers of Catan, I hate it. I hate yeah. it because that game is broken, but this is not probably the time to explain why it's broken. Uh, broken meaning that uh, three players or even two players can ruin a game for one player if they just build in a way that one player can't do anything for the rest of the game. It happened to me once and I'm not touching that game again. <laughs> so so I, I spent 15 minutes of the game trying to build one road so I can build one more city but they were faster and I was just drawing cards okay. and that's it. And welcome to Bitter Yanni. A game where he talks about games, <laughs> where other no. people made his made his experience with games terrible. I don't like Catan because of the for two things, because um, because of the random element, because you can just have a series of really bad rolls. I mean, it's almost yeah. as it's as good as snakes and ladders. I've said it. Yeah, you know. You can have a really good run on snakes and ladders and just be rolling sixes and whatever, and you zoom up the ladders, you can be fine. Or you can end up just rolling the same old four again and again and again and going like, oh, great, more sheep or more wood. And the other side of it as well is the whole kind of trading side of things that I just, even when I was playing it electronically, it just wasn't fun. I just didn't find it kind of interesting. I didn't have a bad game. It would be something I would while away while away the kind of hours. I think uh, maybe I'm the same as you. I like a game I can pick up and be playing within about say 20 minutes but at the same time if I play that game more than once I like it to still have, have value. Still be teaching me things on the 5th the 10th in the 15th yeah. way of playing the game but I can grasp the basics kind of very very quickly so I can get a game, a kind of a game kind of played without having to, um, there's nothing more of a killer than having a a rule book you have to keep referring to because the game doesn't naturally make sense if yeah, you know that's, what I mean that's actually a good way to put it because I hate it if the rule book uh, after with one reading, you should understand from the rules. It should be like clear enough to understand how the game works. Uh-huh. If you have to go back to rule book all the time, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, I like heavy games, but they have to be like logical. They have to be yeah. heavy for the sake of being deep games. They shouldn't be heavy for the sake of being heavy or long yes. for the sake of being long. It's ridiculous if games are like that. Yes, and if yeah. there is a short game, it has to back a punch, or how you say it. Like, good example for for a fast game is this uh, Stefan Fels Carpe Diem. It's, yes. it's really quick. The tempo is so quick in it. It takes one hour to play, less if everyone has played it. And it's like mm-hmm. all the time your turn. It's a bit same in Ethnos, if you've played it. And, like, that kind of games are good when they are short. But then... If a short game is, well, if it does, doesn't have anything in it, in a way, if it's like, okay, I played it, I don't need to play it again, or such, then it's not good. I'm not explaining this very clearly, but... Mm, no, no. As long as the game stays interesting to me, I can play anything, except Catan. <laughs> and and one, one finished game that I'm not, not playing again, but... What game's that? It's Matka Karjalan. It's a Finnish name. Trip to Karelia. Basically, you just roll a die, move somewhere, and ask a question. If the question is correct, then you can roll again. We played it two players, and I don't suggest <laughs> anyone play it. <laughs> it was ridiculous, and the questions were stupid. It's like co- combined shoots and ladders and trivial pursuit with children's questions, so it's... Uh, that's not good no 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 it's not even a game really 
It's annoying. Do you think? Um, do you think a lot of games suffer because people don't get them to the table enough times? Yes. I mean, I definitely. know a lot of game. I know a lot of games that people almost they end up they buy lots of games or they get lots of games. Yeah. They have like or they pledge on Kickstarter. They get the game in. They then feel obliged to kind of play that game because it's sitting there. Otherwise, it will sit on a sit on a shelf behind behind them. <laughs> That's my pile of opportunities. That upper self. I've been trying for a year to get mine played because I was like that two years ago. I was just kickstarted. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. I'm pledging it. I'm pledging it. I'm pledging it. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Then I'm yeah. ending up getting like I have trickery on the shelf from the first kickstarter. My friend said that, pack it, we'll play it. And they didn't, <laughs> they didn't play it. One of them moved away, that's the problem, because it should have four players, and it's a bit heavy game, so I don't yeah. want to play it with some people who don't. Not don't, but who are not used to playing heavy games. That's also important. If you play heavy game, you should play with people who are used to that, because otherwise it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, that people end up kind of bringing a game to the table because they know that they've they've paid money for the game, and then once I see, I, I mean, there's there's exceptions. I mean, I, I mean, I've played Root quite a few times, and that's because once you get it, it's incredibly easy to get back to the table. And once you've got maybe two or three people that have learned how to play Root, it's relatively quite simple to bring just with that one extra person in to kind of teach them how to do it. But I do know of a lot of games that maybe suffer because people aren't getting them to the table enough times. So there's maybe the hidden depths that people are missing out on, which turns it from something that maybe somebody likes and got a good impression into something that they kind of that they kind of love. Which yeah, is, definitely. And and Root is actually a good example because I've only played it once. I packed it. I have it. Mm-hmm. We played it once in a convention, but I want to play with the same group, with the same factions, and then yes. begin circulating the faction. So, yes. But it was good game, but I'm, I really don't want to teach it to 10 different people and then not play with the same people because that really suffers from playing with different people and not playing it again. And yeah, it's a, I mean, it's no. a really good example, Root. It kind of um, makes me hesitant about having any kind of legacy games. I mean, I got, um, I've got Seafall, and I just don't know when it potentially might happen or when it is going to happen. There's the potentiality of a group getting organised, but it's almost like it's going to have to be like a separate organised event away from the gaming group that I normally go to. Only because I need commitment from the same three people or four people in order to kind of get the game played, which is always a concern. I'd love to just go along to the board game club and say, right, tonight's Seafall night. But first of all, I know that that's not fair because I think that people like to play something new, play something kind of different. And I have been making a conscious effort to maybe play the games that. I haven't been playing. I mean, recently played Vindication, Kami-sama. Um, I'm going to play Fire in the Library next. Um, there's a few, you know, there's a few other games I want to kind of, kind of get people, kind of playing. Um, I mean, you mentioned Kickstarter. Did you? Are you mean? Are you? Do you have the Super Backer badge, Yanni? I, I think it fades after a while. <laughs> does it? I, I think. Um. Yeah, but I'm not packing anymore because it went overboard when I was getting Kickstarters before I even <laughs> was able to unwrap some. So I got a bit bored with it, bored with that. Yeah, and I was thinking that I'm not packing Kickstarters now after this Glenmore two this year. But then I noticed that this your favorite games expansion, a game that shall not be named, that it's expansion. <laughs> The, the company <laughs> company publishing it, they made this trick that they are, uh, their first threat call was that they will include uh, double layer player boards. So the 
cubes don't tr- uh, fly around anymore if someone bumps the table. It, they have these indentations or some kind of, they have like two layers, one with the holes. And that comes free with the expansion. And I saw Rob Rouse from Blueback Pinkback tweet that. And I was like, why did I open Twitter? <laughs> so I had to back it. Why? But but you don't. You don't but, need it. But it's cheaper than getting those uh, player boards. I mean, if you buy those, it's like 50 euros almost. It's almost 10 euros per piece. And you can get the expansion cheaper than you can get those. Because it's a problem with the game. It's a good game, by the way. You just it's don't not get a good, it. It's not a good game. It's not. It's not. I keep telling myself that. Do you know what? I will promise you, okay, by the end, and this is going on tape and I'm not going to edit it out, by the end of this, um, my natural life, I will play, no, by the end, okay, by the end of the year, I will sit down and I will play Terraforming Mars again, okay? And I'll not only play Terraforming Mars again, Mr. Bonacore, if you're listening, (laughs) I will also write... A, an actual honest opinion of terraforming Mars. Okay, all I need is somebody to send me stronghold games to send me a copy and of terraforming expansion. Mars and all the expansion yeah. because <laughs> because I'll do many things right, but I'm not paying for it. <laughs> There's no chance. Um, what's so good about terraforming Mars? I mean, why should I play? I mean, I've got tons of other games. I've got, like, Dinogenics is there, Roots there. I've got Vast. You know, I've got Fire in the Library here, which I was looking at. I've got Summoner's I ho- Island. I hope that's better than game. the previous Fire in the Library. Alexandria was crap. Yeah. It, it <laughs> no, was so, so one and done. I played it, I almost backed it away before finishing it, but it was Kickstarter, <laughs> so I had to finish the game and that sold immediately. Really? Yeah, it was took, that the it took ju- too long. I mean, the downtime was ridiculous. It should, should have been one hour game. It took two hours, of which downtime was one hour and 30 minutes. It, was that Weird weird Giraffe that did that? Uh, no, it was a proper it was a proper and proper bigger company, I think. It had this... Vincent uh, <laughs> Dutre... No, no, it wasn't like that. It was a, oh, right, like okay. a, like a, how do you say, like a proper game. A proper, oh. proper, no, no. <laughs> yeah. There you but, have it here. <laughs> yeah, and he just said, Fire in the Library. <clears throat> Tony Miller, who designed Fire in the Library. <laughs> no, that looks actually sh- cool. He, he was on the show, right? <laughs> he was on the show like two weeks ago, Yanni. Uh, and okay. you have just told him his game's rubbish. Or it's not a proper game. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> Of That's course. not what I meant, you know. That definitely, I'm not editing this out. There's no chance. You know, you're in trouble now. But you're but I meant that me. it was like. Um, but <laughs> thanks. I'll say it in Finnish so you can translate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're a native speaker. Uh, I mean that it was like made look like a proper game. Proper meaning that it's like a big money game. Yes, That's probably yeah. it. Had this Vincent Dutrade artwork and nice square box and very good quality components and everything. But the game was not very good in it, in my opinion. That what you just showed looks really good. I like small boxes. I like them more. I hate these it's squares. A- I I don't like square boxes. I hate them because if you store them like upright, then yeah. you have to be able to read them. I'm yes. not putting them upright if I can't read. I'm, I mean, if I'm walking like that in this room all the time, <laughs> head sideways. Yeah, he's currently got his head ducked to the side. Yeah. It looks like, it's like when, it's like I'm, when you say to your dog, do you want to go outside? He goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'll be hitting the door, doors and such if I'm walking like this. It's, it's not good. I mean, I'm not that young. It's it's not healthy. I'm sure it's not healthy to go sideways all the time. What do we play and every time? If you went to sleep like that, you'd wake up in the morning. You wouldn't be able to move your neck. Yeah, it's horrible. You'd be like that. It's so bad when it happens. It's it's so bad. I was saying about Seafall, actually. I have mine in Shrinkwrap there. I bought it from discount and... We played Pandemic Legacy Season 1. You said about these legacy games that there has to be yeah. some kind of 
involvement. So we made it so that everyone paid one fourth of the game. So we had All to right. be involved. And that was planned beforehand already. And I was thinking the same with C4, but it's so difficult to get anyone to, <laughs> to play As the I campaign. Say, something that like it that, has to be it's free. All, it's got to be like um, a labor of love. You've got to actually sit down and yeah. say, okay, once a month or twice a month, everybody comes around for a couple of hours. We'll get the campaign played. We can put it away. And then normal board game night is normal board game night. We can bring yes. along kind of anything that you want. Has um, Have Stronghold increased the quality of terraforming Mars in terms of their components? This interests me. Have they decided to improve things? I don't know. I'm a man on a mission. Uh, why do you why do you hate the game by the way and not hate but why you don't like the game do you have some kind of bad experience like i have with katana what's your problem i just you know i just think um it's a bad representation of mars um i don't know there's an there doesn't seem to be a way to mitigate having a bad hand at the beginning are you drafting for a game that yeah I mean, this is what everybody says, oh, are you drafting? You know, are you drafting or are you doing it a different way? To me, the fact that a different mechanic has to be brought into a game in order to make a game workable suggests that there's a flaw within the game itself. But I um, disagree with that. <clears throat> we don't draft. We play two-player with my wife and we don't draft. Mm-hmm. We never draft. We just mm-hmm. play with the cards that we are given and we try to solve that puzzle. With drafting, I wouldn't like it that much because then it becomes too strategic from the beginning and I have to go to one direction. I don't like that in a game necessarily that I have only one direction to go to. That's why we don't draft. We take what we have. Usually we keep most of those cards and then what we can use, we use. And we try to, we have many pieces and then we try to solve them and combine them into a working engine. And we really love it as a two player game. I mean, we played it six times this year. My wife didn't play it earlier. Then in yeah. January, actually, the New Year's Day, I said, that, do you want to try this game? Because we just had played Underwater Cities and she liked the game so much. I said that there is this other one that I would like you to try this terraforming mouse. And she said that this is a fantastic game. She wanted to play it again immediately. And it's a three-hour game. Come on. And now we are playing with all the expansions and it's so, so, so. But I would never play it with more than three people. With all the expansions, and I like it because my wife likes it, and we play it in a way we are not mean to each other, but sometimes we are mean to each other. Usually, she's <laughs> hitting me with asteroids and everything, and I'm yeah. saying that thank you, I wouldn't do that, and then I get them in the next game, and I hit her back, and I said, "Do you remember one week ago what you did?" <clears throat> and then she gets annoyed. But yeah, I, it's a two-player game for us. It's look okay. It's not. I mean. I guess kind of the whole this has all become like a kind of a joke a running joke that I really really don't like terraforming Mars from several things that have happened in my gaming life that has made me continually bring up terraforming Mars as a game that I don't actually play to be honest um, it didn't gel with me the first time I didn't like the way that you you know I didn't like the way that when we played it um it was really, really difficult to catch up if you kind of fell behind it. it, it there was, there was, there wasn't enough mitig- ability to mitigate, and I don't know if that was brought in by the different expansions that you had the ability to maybe mitigate kind of like bad hands. But it seemed at the beginning that when we played, there was a few people that just like took off like nobody's business. They had a little kind of engine going within the first couple of rounds and they were they were firing off into the sunset and for everybody else they were kind of sitting there. Is that a bad... Yeah, it's potentially a bad opinion because I cannot sit here and honestly put my hand on my heart and say, I have played this game solidly seven or eight times and I've had the same experience those seven or eight times. I don't think, to be honest, if I flip it on its head, I don't think... Nowadays, many people get more than get a game more than two or three times to the table before they make a game. I know that for a lot of games, I there's I mean, there's a lot more games that I could claim to say that I've played once or twice no. than there are games that I can claim to say I've actually sat down and played. And the ones that you do end up playing more, 
they certainly stick in your mind, but I think because you start to unravel it, is maybe that a systematic problem with the number of games that are coming out no. that um, maybe we are heading towards like the video game industry where during the year there are 15 or 20 titles that everybody kind of gravitates towards and goes for and they end up getting played and then there's a second level of kind of games that everybody would call the seven out of tens that people kind of gravitate towards as well. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is there's a glut of games, and there's so many to play, so many choices, and it's all very, very wonderful. But I'm always wondering, am I doing my collection justice? Yeah, it's it's actually interesting. You made your you said your own trigger word, by the way. No one mm-hmm. had to say seven out of ten. But um, <laughs> I just listened to episode yesterday, actually, when I was doing laundry. Um, it's actually a good point because um, I don't know where I read or who said it. Maybe it was Mr. Jude somewhere yes. I read. That there are so many games coming. Uh, and I totally agree. There are so many games coming that there are only a few that are good ones. Maybe it wasn't him. Anyway... It can be my own thinking, I, I don't know. But there are only a few good ones that get the visibility and are published in a way, I'm using the word properly again, but so that it uh, gets this exposure from the media mm-hmm. and everywhere. And everyone are trying them. But there are so many good games. There are like probably hundreds of games that would be 8 out of 10, not even 7 out of 10. Yeah. But, there are so many. Like last year, I was doing my uh, top nine games from 2018. I had uh, almost 20 games that I rated, more than seven and a half. Mm. It was really difficult to make the end of the list, like the spaces from uh, even four to nine, because I'm making top nine lists. And even on the fly when I was recording in Finnish, I switched the positions of six, five, and four. <laughs> because <laughs> there was like uh, Rising Sun, Carpe Diem and Coimbra and I noticed yeah. when I was recording and spoke about the other games that I like Carpe Diem more than I like the others and Rising Sun I haven't played for almost a year so it has to come down a bit so I yeah. changed it because they are so close to each other and it's up to the moment when you're recording or when you're thinking about it that which is better and what is good there are so many good games and it's good thing and a bad thing because it can be a good thing because you can choose almost anything and it will be good. It can be bad because you don't know what to choose because there are so many different games that are good. Like already last year, Heaven and Hell, Riverboat, Coimbra, uh, Carpe Diem, maybe even Forum Trajanum. I haven't played that, but all of them are like same kind of same weight, same length Euro games. Yeah. And all of them are fantastic games that I've played. I haven't played the Forum Triumph, but the other ones. So I don't really know what to think about it. I hope it doesn't go there that there are huge amount of games and whoever get the, the whichever games get the best exposure, they are the ones that people are playing, like Wingspan now. Well, I mean, I think I think that's the case. I mean, um, when it comes, it's really funny because when it comes to video games and movies, probably more movies because of Netflix, I'm more likely to give something a chance regardless of how it's been reviewed by critics because because I just like to give things a chance, you know what I mean? And it's the same with like video games as there's so many, I think there's so many really good video games out there that because the bar on video games has seemed to be set unless it's you're getting games are getting like an eight or a nine or a ten, then they kinda get disregarded as not being very, very good. Which mm. is I think is a I think it's kinda like a, a kind of like a real a real real shame. I couldn't make a top ten of games. Board games I think or I video really, games yeah. or any games. Well no, I think I'd really struggle to make a top ten of a top ten of board games because <sighs> I I wouldn't know where to start, and it would you you're totally right when you say it depends what you're playing most of the time. Yeah, you know I would you know I really really love 
um, the card game Ashes: Rise of the Phoenix Born. It's one yeah, of my I've favorite heard. games. It's really, really, I really, really like that game. I love it. Um, would it be a number one or a number two game? No, but it would go into a list of games of ten. Yeah, you know that I would definitely. If somebody says, "Well, here's your ten games, and those are the only games you have," I'd be really, really happy. It's really weird because Scythe. While I really, really like Scythe, it took a long time for me to love Scythe and really, really like Scythe. And I th- could see that slipping in and out of a game, a top 10 kind of games that I would play. You I mean there's the old, you know, the old classics? I don't know. It's very, very, it's very, very kind of, kind of difficult. Um, I mean, you mentioned doing the top, top nines. That's for your own channel, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to exp- do you want to talk? Do you want to tell the good people? Because I'm aware that we're just talking away, which is very very nice. <laughs> but we're not doing what we're here, which is to tell did, people. Did we have a topic, by the way? I don't. I think I never do. I think <laughs> okay. Do. So then we are staying on topic. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, the best way to stay on topic is to never have a topic. Yeah. <laughs> and you course. have a you never have a topic to pick, but um, talking about your own. Okay, as a side question, okay, um, are there are there a lot of games that get kind of Finnish translations, or do you automatically is this just I have to buy English get games in English and that's it? I've had to, you know, obviously your English is very very is probably exceptionally good. It's you know <laughs> exceptionally good, um, but do you Thanks. just naturally think well I'm going to just end up having to buy an English version of the game? I mean, is if somebody produced a Finnish version of a game, would you be like, wow, um, it must be a huge Kickstarter then for them to, uh, to kind of look at that? We have this Finnish publisher, Laudapelit.fi, the publisher of Eclipse and Nations and many of the Stronghold games. It's originally right. Laudapelit, so they make these Finnish translations. They just translated Terraforming Mars. It released one week ago, and that must have been a chore. That would have been a chore, because yes. it's not a good game. Yeah, but <laughs> people in that company like and Finnish people like it. But I don't yeah. know why they would translate it into Finnish because everyone has it in English already. Are they trying mm. to sell it to children? Or what? What the? what's the purpose, really? Because I don't really know. If there is something in Finnish, I might buy it, but I'd rather get English one. Because they are released earlier and... Mm-hmm. There's not much price difference anyway, and I usually order from Amazon if I need something from abroad. So, it's German or English then. I don't speak German, but I'm not buying German games that need some language. Because Euro games, you can just as well buy English. You can find the rule books almost always, and it doesn't matter if the city names or some other terms are in German. I have faced for yeah. Odin in German. That's a bit problematic because you have to <laughs> refer all the time to the book where the cards are referred. But yeah. otherwise, who cares if the worker places are German or English? Well, I know for um, the likes of, say, like Viticulture that I've got, one side of the board is the English version, the other side of the board is the German version. And, you know, obviously the cards, the kind of the different visitor cards need to be would need to be kind of translated. But for a lot of Euros that I've seen, the kind of the main kind of mechanics and stuff like that are usually represented by pictorially by graphics of, yeah. you know, exchange this cube, you get this instead kind of thing. So I can see that kind of being a thing. So it's not, it's not, you're more like, so you're just saying you're more likely just to go ahead and get back a kind of an English version of a game anyway. Yeah, yeah whatever is available and usually cheapest. I compare right. prices sometimes quite a lot because the prices can change like tens of euros and mm-hmm. it's quite a lot. And then, of course, if you order from abroad somewhere else than Amazon, you have to pay for the delivery. And that yes. is not cheap. It's 20 euros to Finland. It's That's... it's very bad. I mean, yeah. like from UK, if I order something, I need to order the maximum amount of weight uh, so that it doesn't go higher. So I have to play with the order and ask friends that do, do you want to order as well. It's right. the best thing if you can combine orders with friends because then you can split the yeah. delivery costs. Yeah. They are okay. quite high percent-wise. So. Okay. What, um, what made you decide? 
which was the question I was going to ask. But what made you decide to make up your kind of your own channel? What made you decide to become like as and Dan Dan will love this, but a content creator? Ah, uh, yeah, I I consider myself actually content creator, and I don't I don't think it's a negative term, and it's up to the person themselves if they mm. think that they are creating content. It's not for Dan Hugs or Matthew Jude to say that it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if someone uses that te- term of themselves, then they use that term of themselves, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really understand the debate. Content is I- content. and But if you don't feel yourself put down with that, uh, yes. by, by someone refer- referring you to a, like a content creator, then what's the problem? No, no. How long have so, you been? How long have you been making kind of um, content for? Uh, a bit over one year, one year and one month, I think. I began with Instagram account, but I was in in this. This game is broken. There was this Finnish to the Swede or Swedish to the Finn, however it was. I suggested that round to Dan, and Dan said that it's a good idea. I mean, I suggested uh. that I can send you some Finnish words or game names, and you can do something with that. And he yeah. said that there's a Swedish guy, this Vargus Brisman. Oh, and yeah, we had yeah, this yeah. competition and the this uh, Bing Bongs, so Brothers Murph and then Matthew and Dave, they tried to pronounce the names in Finnish, <laughs> Finnish and in, in <laughs> Swedish, but it was a bit unfair because Swedish is basically same as English. Mm-hmm. You just speak it a bit differently. It's between German and English, yeah. so basically same grammatically. And the finish was a bit interesting for the uh, guys mm. to pronounce. As you probably noticed how easy it is. Yes. Yes, I definitely, you know, it's almost like a second language to me after yeah. studying it for all of 10, yeah. ten minutes, not at all, not even slightly. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Iskitos, by the way. All right, okay. <laughs> you can say that at the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you say that and not something else. But <laughs> but anyway, it, it was so nice being in that podcast and all the guys were so uh, nice and how can I say? I thought that this is really nice that they are, what they are doing. I was thinking about it earlier already and I even made a video like three years ago or something. But then yeah. Tom Vassell replied to me when I sent it to this podcast breakfast. We made a video with the wife and he said that you are not enthusiastic enough, and I said that, go, no, not really, but I I, I said that, okay, I'm finished, I can't be enthusiastic, so, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like a national uh, trait that we can't be enthusiastic. Apparently, Finland's meant to be the happiest place in the world. Yeah, but we don't show to it to each other. But you're not very good at showing it, apparently. No, not you to know. each other, at least. Well... <laughs> Just yeah, we look at the corner in a room and then we hee hee we laugh something. No no but oh, ha- having having a child has really you have to be more open with how you are and you have to be more enthusiastic and Yeah. You you surely know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Scottish are happy either. No. Like a, as a nation. No. At least that's the stereotypical thing that we I've are heard stereotypically about and the right, you know. I mean, um, definitely, um, we go between being kind of looking bored, absolutely miserable, and probably crying on the stairs when we're drunk. I mean, let's face it, this is this is the way that we're or angry, looking yeah. for a fight, looking for a fight about football. Yeah, so ask, I, asking who stole your <laughs> stole your barrel of whiskey and looking crampy and. Wearing a kilt, playing yeah. bagpipes, eating haggis—you know, let's just bring it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just bring it all. Let's just bring it all out there, up in the moors. You know, fighting yeah. the English. You know, singing songs, etc. I actually et knew one Scottish guy from playing Ultima Online. I played in the. There was this uh, place called Shards. I was mm-hmm. playing in Mutaria. It he was this so. Um, like Scottish looking person. He had, he was really nice. He actually sent me a, a Christmas card or something. Come on, he had orange hair and these freckles on the face and but but he was so he was really a nice person. 
I, I, I wish that I could meet him one day because he was a really nice person. And it was like this role-playing Ultima Online. It was not this hacking monsters and getting skills, but it was role-playing server. I actually right. liked doing that. All the holidays from the army went to that. What was I saying? Yeah, I, that this <laughs> Scotland, there is this... I think all the languages have these joke books for children, and there is this always this one joke about Scottish mm. people that I well, <sighs> remember when I listen to you in the podcast. Right, but okay. I shouldn't What's probably tell it because I have to translate it on the fly and I don't remember. Anyway, it's this Scottish guys, um, Scottish man, uh-huh. trying to tell it from the memory, is praying in the evening that, dear God, dear God, let me win in the lottery. And then he doesn't win in the lottery. And the next week when they are doing the lottery, again he's praying that, dear God, let me win in the lottery. And then that goes on, he's not winning for months. And then one evening, when he's praying, the God says that, come on, I'll let you win, but at least buy the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) And there we have stereotypical racism. (laughs) From Yanni. Wait, wait, this was not supposed to be in this podcast. Meet us, Peloton. Remember, you can... They're going to give you all the links to all his stuff, so if you want to write him a strongly worded letter of complaint, my Scottish friends, <laughs> then I will happily direct you to where he is. Um, that's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. Yeah, that, that's um, in the book. I can show it to you. So It's not my words. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, so you're doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, you're doing your Facebook. You do some written reviews as well. Actually, um, I just make mini reviews to Instagram because I don't really have time to write long reviews. If I have time to write something long, I'm going to write mm. some research stuff. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I Got have a- to finish this PhD, really. <clears throat> At some point, I've been doing it long enough. <laughs> but if you I put to- the photo, I can write whatever space there is in I Instagram. I suppose, yeah. And then you can just write a mini review and say if you enjoy it or not. Yeah. I suppose. Which is kind of like the which is kind of like the main thing. Have you got um? Have you got plans to expand the expand the channel? Kind of going on there. I mean, would you like to do more videos? You know, would you like to just you know? Would you like? I mean, yeah. I mean, would you would you like to do more stuff? Would you like to create more media? Would you like to kind of expand on what you're doing? Are you quite happy with where you are with things? Hmm. I would like to have more time. That's actually where this came up. Because you were making so many episodes, I asked that. Can you give me free time? I think you misunderstood. You thought that I want to be on the show, but I just wanted free time from you to <laughs> the podcast. But I didn't want to correct you because <laughs> you didn't seem to remember it. Or maybe you understood what I meant. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm doing this favorite game Friday because I think it's really easy to make. You just make a short video and you send it to Roy. More yeah. difficult to catch Roy and <laughs> get him to reply to you. I was waiting for two months for his reply and oh. asking him from everywhere. He said that he's, he was been so busy in the last autumn. That I'm doing it so easy. We begin doing the same kind of video thing in Finnish, in Finland, but we do it once a month. We have this game of a month voting in a Facebook group. Okay. And I have this idea that I would like to make one set of videos to board game breakfast, but Tom hasn't replied to me. This <coughs> email is saying that do you want to remind this person that he didn't reply reply sorry for the um hitting the coffee cup by mistake. I'm hearing that and it's sending like you're kinda like help me. You're sending secret <laughs> yeah, codes. Let me go. Let- <laughs> you're actually tapping at Morse code, that's ridiculous. Um <laughs> <laughs> if, if if people stop it, I can do that as well. Right? <laughs> I was trying that. to. I was trying to more or less. If, if, if yeah, okay. <laughs> people want to find you on the internet webs, where can we find you on the internet? Where's the best place to find you? Uh, I'm everywhere with the username Mita Pelatan. So basically the channel name, but written together and without the dots on top of the A. 
Äistö, a vittu, dot, mitä, mitä pelataan. But uh, if you go to WordPress page, it's mitapelataan.wordpress.com. There you okay. can find all the media. It's okay. everywhere there. Actually, today I tried to make a video from the English podcast episode because I noticed that many podcast makers are putting video to YouTube and I tried yeah. to edit it myself and oh... Oh... I had to redo it four times because Windows Movie Maker... I, I tried to subtitle it so that it shows that what number of the top list and what is the game yeah. name. And then <clears throat> I made this small segment to the end that where you can learn Finnish. So, of course, I tried to put the words there written. <laughs> <sighs> two days it took. It, 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 it was ridiculous. I spent two days more than evenings. I mean... Uh, Today I didn't go to work at 8 o'clock because I didn't I wanted to finish that, so I stayed home and I went at 11 o'clock to work. <laughs> I just wanted to finish that damn video. And the timestamps didn't go correctly because Movie Maker doesn't understand the seconds as seconds. It no. understands them as some other fragment of time. It's like other, it's like a different thing that makes it really, really difficult sometimes to kind of bring stuff in. Yeah. When yeah. it works, it works well. When it doesn't work... It just doesn't yeah. work at all. I just had um, to do it like from Audacity audio file the uh, seconds and then just manually write them to the yeah. video editor without checking the preview from the video editor and it's it was annoying. <laughs> you look like but a it's done now. I uploaded well, it today. Good. Well, there you go. So we'll you know we'll make sure that we put that link in, and we'll obviously put that text to that horrible joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can send you a photo if I still find well. it. I don't, Jokeable. you know, I think you've done enough. <laughs> um, if, you want to, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, um, then there's various places, um, all the kind of faces, various places you can find us. Um, you just go to Google and you search for We're Not Wizards. Um, you can find us on Twitter at We're Not Wizards. You can find it. Twitter's actually working again. <laughs> It's kind of all died down. Um, it's nice. Facebook, which is we, um, which is you'll find us on. We're not wizards on Facebook. You'll find us on Instagram. We're not wizards as well. You will find us on um, our website, which is we're not wizards dot com, and our blog, which is we're not wizards dot blogspot dot com. Where I too write words, but I don't write jokes about Finnish people. So there you go. Um, <laughs> if you want. To <laughs> If you want to support the show, there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, tell somebody else if you like what you've listened to tonight. We always have a lot of people guesting, turning up, having good conversations and hopefully having a little bit of fun as well. Um, you can find us across all the different podcast catchers like your Stitchers and Spreakers and Acast and Podknife and Podbean and um, Castknife and Castoff and Upcast and Downpod and podding off and everything like that anything with pod, anything with cast, you'll find us, if you like us really really an awful lot as I say, tell somebody else, the other thing you can do is you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can drop us a subscription which is really nice and you can drop us a rating or a review and as we like to say because it's 2019 but we're still treating the jokes like they're 2016 don't give us, if you are going to give us a rating or review, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed but don't give us one star, because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average. And just like Yanni, it's a little bit average. <laughs> he's not. He's been much, absolutely much average, actually. He's been absolutely wonderful, absolutely fantastic. Can I add one it, thing? Yes. We avoided the whole episode. Uh, we didn't talk about your tweet. So we have to I... mention... <laughs> But no, I actually had a point because you said 5.7 million. So basically, it's se- the whole. It's six now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but when you last said, okay, five and a half yeah. million, then when you said last time, it's the population of Finland. Yeah. Can you imagine? And this country is much bigger than yours. We have so much space here, and whole Finland has seen that tweet. Do they tell really bad jokes about Scottish people as well? Or everyone no. in Finland? You have like competitions. No. Are you banging on your glass again? <laughs> yeah, because it has a handle. It's, okay. no, it's, it's a very, it's very, very, <laughs> it's it's a little bit overwhelming 
if I'm being honest. Because um, it is, it's just very, very strange and a little bit overwhelming. It's very, very cool to have people contact you, but it is a little bit overwhelming. But I'd rather people did something. I don't care about if they share it. That sounds really strange, but I'd rather somebody went, right, okay, now I'm going to go off and do this thing that I've been putting off for so long. So people that have done that, that's really cool to me. People that have contacted me and said, right, because of you, I've now gone ahead and I've written that first chapter or I've recorded my first video, or I kind of inspired me to get back in the car for some reason, or whatever. You know, as long as people are doing stuff and realising that potentially the first time they do it might not be as good as the rest of the times that they do it, I'm cool with that. You know, I didn't do it to be kind of anything else rather than it was a bit of fun at a time on a Monday morning and it's done, you know, that's all it is. But um, <clears throat> Yeah, but know. because of you, now I've been... Uh, properly a guest somewhere and it I've been awful so I won't be again anywhere no, no, um, <laughs> no 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 you, you know. said that everyone should do something first time it's awful so I've now done it yeah, thank but, you but then <laughs> on the other side of it this has been like episode 270 odd which means I've been doing this a long time which means by proxy you can't have been awful because it wasn't my first time as interviewing somebody so you're saying that you are lifting people up? I'm saying you're just above average. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> f- five million stars. Five million, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but thank you very, very much for coming on. Yeah, um, it's sorry been, for cutting you. I, I, I'm shallow and self-centered, so about five minutes' time I'll get over it completely. It'll all be wonderful. <laughs> um <laughs> But I thought that you want to mention the tweet anyway, because we no, didn't I just, get to it. It's so good. Um, thank you again for coming on. As I say, um, go to Twitter, uh, check out uh, Mita Pelatan, um, and keep an eye out on everything else that Yanni is going to be doing. Um, there's only a couple more things to do. The first thing is to remember we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Yanni? Think very Actually, carefully. Thank yeah, now, now, now that I've been staring at the screen, <laughs> I think we are hot wizards. <laughs> yeah, I said we should be set on fire. And, <laughs> in a library. And, yeah, in a library. And, um, and the next thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Yanni. Say goodbye, Yanni. Moi, moi. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Um, make something awful. But until the next time, goodbye. Bye bye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> <laughs>